It's college basketball. Basketball? Basketball! Did I do basketball? No, um, play basketball, snowboarding, more basketball. We did win the basketball game. This is The Daily Bounce. We are live in the newsroom, and I am Charlie Goldsmith. This is the weekly breakdown we do of Northwestern's basketball team, even though it feels like we've been doing the exact same thing for the previous six weeks. Northwestern lost 59-50 on Saturday night in Nebraska to the Big Red, and today we have three people in addition to myself on the show, Andrew Golden, Peter Warren, and first time at Jonah Dillon. First, Jonah, why'd you want to come on this podcast? Just have a lot of takes about Northwestern's basketball team. It's been, uh, it's been tough to watch this season, so we like but to- there are a few bright spots. I did not expect that, but um, <laughs> I moved on to the next point, which is that Ryan's spinning the ones and twos, which is the most exciting part we'll get to in the podcast today. Um, just Andrew, what were your what were your initial takes on that Nebraska game? I mean, this has been the same takes it's been all season. They just we just can't score the basketball. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. It's, it seems like once we lose Derek Pard in the post and they double team them defend him defensively, then there's just nothing that we can do offensively. We can't shoot effectively or consistently. It's been the story all season. Like nothing's changing until we can make some shots. And Derek Pardon points a good one. That's something that a friend of the program, Steve Peichel, stressed after the Rutgers game. Peter, why has why have teams been t- keying their defense on shutting down Derek Pardon as opposed to Vic Law? Well, first, I like to say Nebraska is not the Big Red. Yes. The, the true Big Red is Cornell. Up in Ithaca, New York. Just wanted to point that out for all the Cornell fans listening at home. But the thing about Derek Parton that makes him so good is, is the fact that he is, when he gets the ball in a one-on-one situation, he is going to attack and he's going to put, he's going to, we're going to work himself down for an easy little jump hook with either the left or the right. He's good with both. Now, something we talked about before is there's not really much beyond those two moves. So what teams have been doing are throwing the double team at him to sort of force him to where he can't really... Because Derek is not, you know, he, as Charlie, you wrote in your great story, he's, he was a third option in high school. He was he hasn't been a main option at all through his career. He's deferential if somebody doesn't come for a double team. And Collins, Coach Collins said that. He likes when you're double team, you'll swing, you'll get the shots. The problem is the guys aren't making shots, which isn't going to open up uh, one-on-one opportunities for Derek in the post. And also the other thing is like... like Vic Law's not at at this moment in time isn't really scaring anybody offense. Like you're gonna let Derek, you're gonna let Vic Law shoot the ball, like because he hasn't been consistent enough to shoot it since he got injured. Whereas Derek Pardon, like you know, he's gonna, you know, if you, if you leave him one on one in the post, he'll probably get fifteen and ten, maybe twenty and ten. So there's more of a threat for Derek Pardon than there is for than there is for Vic Law in general. Charlie, I'd like to know how Rutgers basketball coach is a friend of the program. I mean, he does come up on basically every show. He's extremely relevant to us at the Northwestern basketball community. All right, so Jonah, you've mentioned what is struggling with this offense. Like, what are the feelings you get when you watch this offense? And, like, why is it so not fun to watch? Well, I don't think that there are really any offensive principles. I mean, I think that's been a problem throughout Chris Collins' tenure. I think it was masked a lot by guys like Brian McIntosh and Scotty Lindsay who could create um, without needing an offensive flow. I mean, BMAC could just run the pick and roll, and that was effective offense. And when guys were hitting shots, that worked. When you don't have a guy like that, especially at the point guard position, um, you lose a lot. And so this year, without any point guard at all, and with no offense, you sort of see what's happening. And it's just it, it shows you what, what BMAC meant to this team. Is there an equivalent to the BMAC pick and roll this season? Is there something they're trying? I don't. I mean, I don't think they can. I mean, you're basically, you know, it's been something that everyone's talked about all season is there's no point guard and what are you going to do with that? Um, but he's a unique player, and you can't just replace him and have someone else play that position. 
as a coach, what you have to do is find ways to adapt your offense. Um, and I think that that hasn't happened this season. I think that's one of the problems. And what you see happen a lot is like gets to the end of the shot clock and you're just asking someone to shoot a step back three. And like Ryan Taylor somehow makes that and that's pretty cool sometimes. Um, but then that doesn't happen and then you know you're just asking guys to take shots that are terrible. Andrew, you wrote post game about Anthony Gaines increasing his three point attempt mark uh, significantly. Do you think that uh, the threes that he takes are a positive product or are a product of positive ball movement and good offense, or are they just him bailing out? I, I mean, I think they're letting him shoot the ball. I mean, he hasn't consistently made made three pointers. Like that's not his game. But I think that's something that he could develop. I think it's a sign for the future that um, that Chris Collins wants Anthony Gaines to be more aggressive. I think hopefully next year. I mean, you're, I mean, you're losing Law, Pardon, and Taylor, so they're gonna need somebody to produce. And I think if he could work on expanding his range, then they have more potential. He's more potential to kind of be like the main cog in Northwestern's offense next year. Peter, what do you think? Do you think Anthony Gaines increase uh, just usage in general? Uh, is a sign of a struggling offense taking a lot of bailout shots or getting stepping up? I think it's a, uh, you know, both. You know, when you get in a situation like that, Anthony Gaines, you know, younger guy, sophomore, he's going to have two more years on this team. And over the last two years, there's been a lot of promise shown by him on the floor. I, I love the way he attacks the rim when he gets ahead of steam. He's I think he could be our best slasher and our best driver, you know, next year and definitely his senior year. I think, though, he, when he's on the floor, especially in the starting five lineup, with Benson, he's the fourth option. I say when it's usually Turner, he's the fifth option. So a higher usage rate could be good, depending on if we let him shoot the ball and really see if he has developed somewhat of a jumper. But I think if you're trying to win games, which I think the team should be doing, even though you know, it's not looking great right now for any tournament, I think he shouldn't be taking as many shots, just sort of out of the, opt- out of the offense, like you're saying, the step-back threes, just sort of forcing stuff. He, nobody on this offense should be forcing anything, but Jonah made a great point. The way the offense is run is that there seems to be a lot of forcing, and I think that's something that, you know, there was a new offense this year, and I just think it's worked, and I think Jonah talked Jonah, about Jonah, what about that. Ryan Taylor? Like, what does he try to do when he's on the floor, and is he working as a concept? Well, I think as an idea, you have a player who can create his own shot, which people think everyone create their own shot, but in reality, there's actually not that many players that can do that at will. Um, he's willing to just shoot a step back through at any point, which can be terrible for your offense, and it can also be great if you can't get anything going. I mean, I think about the Michigan game at the beginning of the season, and in that second half, they were, Michigan was playing great defense, and it was Ryan Taylor and Vic Law hitting ridiculous step back threes, and that's how they stayed in the game. And Ryan Taylor had to look at the end and shot a little bit less hard that would have gone in, would have stormed the court, and it would have been a huge win. Uh, for if. Northwestern, if but like he kept them in the game with with his shooting, yeah. so then you see a ton of other games where he caused them to lose because of his shooting. That's kind of what happens. I think people are going to make the Trey Dems comparison. Although to be fair, Trey Dems was a more effective scorer. He was more consistent, even though he was a volume scorer and he missed a lot of shots. Trey Dems, recent film superstar in the Netflix film High Flying Bird. Trey Dems makes a cameo in the background, uh, just like shooting all over the place in a TV in the background. But back to Ryan Taylor, um, just fun fact for you listening. Cool. Back to Ryan Taylor, um, if he would have transferred to like, I'm just trying to, if he would have transferred to a team, maybe not like Michigan because they're so predicated on defense, but to a good team, uh, is he a starting caliber player on a good team? I don't think, I mean, I think based on what we've seen this season, I don't think he is. I think his his best role was what he was last year, which is playing in a mid-major conference and getting to shoot the ball whenever he wants and having an offense designed around him. Obviously, a team with that is not going to be very good, and that's what happened last year, and that's why his team wasn't very good, and that's why he transferred. Um, I think that he's he would have to have the perfect system, the perfect coach he would get out of him, 
but when you ask a guy, this guy's gonna be a volume scorer and he's gonna try to take that many shots, he's gonna miss a lot of shots. And if you're a really good team, you know, a really good coach is just not gonna allow that to happen. So I think that's the problem. The only thing though, like I feel like there's this like it happens in game. They run they run this play where Ryan Taylor comes off a screen and then catches the ball at at the free throw line and then takes a fadeaway jump shot and they'll do that two or three times and then if he doesn't make any of them, then they're like, Oh, he can't shoot anymore and they move away from him for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. They don't actually find a way to get him involved at any point during the game. Like I mean I mean, I don't think he's proven that he can make some of the, even the open three point shots, but it's like some of the shots that he, some of the shot selection he's had the past couple of games, they've been like really questionable like play calls, like I, I don't think that that's an effective way to really get someone involved in the offense who's struggling to make him come come around screens and take these like these contested mid range jump shots. Like I don't think that's gonna effectively. Yeah. No, know, I mean I don't. Give, I don't think that's gonna effectively give him a chance to really prove what he can do. I don't know that he's being utilized. The, I mean, it was at, what he averaged like twenty points a game last yeah. year, right? So, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I don't, th- I don't think he, I don't think he can shoot the ball. He can obviously shoot the ball. It's like, it's like what positions are you putting him in where he can make those shots? Because if he's not, then. Then they're, they're not going to have any success if, he, if he's just taking a bunch of contested mid range jump right. shots. I mean, I think I think if you're capable of scoring 20 points a game at any level in Division One college basketball, you're a good player, and someone should be able to find a way to use you. Because right. if you, I mean, you know, against any sort of competition. So obviously, there is a way he could be involved. I think with watching this season, you see some of his flaws, obviously defensively, and some of the times he shoots and he, you know, he's missing a lot of shots. But to have a guy who can score like that. You know, it doesn't. You don't just find those guys everywhere. Yeah, I feel like it's more like a result of Chris Collins' offense more than it is about Ryan Taylor not being a good player. That's what it is. One more question, uh, Peter. Someone Andrews speak spoken highly about all season has been Ryan Greer, someone who's playing twenty to thirty minutes a game in the middle of Big Ten play, and he's been in single digits in like the past four games. Like, what do you think has been the reason for that? Ryan Greer is an interesting player because I don't think. The way Coach Collins plays him, it seems like he's in and out, in and out of the doghouse. One day he really likes him, one day he messes something bad, but. From all indications, Coach is a big fan of Ryan Greer. I know uh, us here, we all like watching him play. We think he's has a lot of potential to be a very good, you know, Big Ten lead guard. I think the thing is with with Ryan, he's still, you know, he's still young, he's still a freshman, and it can be tough for a guy like that to come off the bench and just sort of only really be in to stabilize the point guard position. Because I feel like that's for a lot of the early games in the Big Ten before he really sort of found a niche role. He was in there sort of stabilized, be a, a, a consistent ball handler. And I feel like when you're only having sort of that one role and you can be sort of hesitant to sort of impose yourself on the offensive end and the same sort of drive, which we see him do more recently, I think has culminated more playing time. And just sort of wrap that up, it's all about for with Ryan Greer. What's his role that Collins wants him to do? We'll go to our first commercial break. This has been The Daily Bounce. We'll be back in a minute. Nope, go to commercial. Go to commercial. Cut the commercial. Cut the commercial. What about commercial? We're at commercial. Commercials. Commercial. You like that commercial? <laughs> I love those commercials. We are back live in the newsroom. Ryan Spring, the ones and twos. You know what time it is. Game time. And we're running back an old game this week. Jonah has never played this, but this is the infamous game in which Andrew lost every single of the four it's not questions. It's happy today. Uh, did not get a point. Fresh off the win, though. Yeah, a sweep. Um, I wasn't here, though. I wasn't Neither was here. I. So I think... I was here. Next to lost. So for, for those of you new listeners, we are playing Who Am I? And how this game works is I'll start listing facts about a Big Ten or Northwestern basketball player, and the clues will progressively get more revealing, and we'll see who gets it first. We are going to play first to two, and there is a bonus round if after four rounds we're tied 1-1-1-1, one, 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 which would be truly miraculous. Well, question, question, question. What if we're tied 2-2? Two, 0-0. Two, zero, zero? 
Well, assuming get two, one person win. will get to two first, so uh, that negates that one. But we can do the I, bonus I, I, round I, I, if it's I, I, I tied like to two. I like the thought. We can do a bonus round if it's tied to two. Okay, okay, all right. I agree with that. So, for your first Who Am I? Clue number one. I play on a ranked Big Ten team. Clue number two. I am a junior from Atascocita, Texas. Oh, 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 Peter knows. Clue number three. People who don't shoot threes make my skin boil. Uh, I got it. Ryan Klein, Purdue. Incorrect. Is he out? Charlie now? is out of this round. So again, if you guess incorrectly, you're out for the whole round. Clue number four. I am a guard. Um, uh, Edwards. Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards. I said it. He raised his hand first. It is a call-on system. Jonah, that this is an anarchist. And I said Edwards. Excuse that me. still counts. Excuse me. I'd like to... Uh, it's Edwards. I'd like to complain. And here's what I'd like to say. <laughs> you get this your first time on the podcast. You don't, you don't have the power you to never, do this. You never said what the rules were before. Did you not get the email? Did you not what? listen to the There is no line? email. That's, 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 that's your problem. You didn't listen to the podcast. It means you're not a dedicated listener. So that's your fault. My point. Uh, uh, that's a good argument for me. That's my, first point, that's my first point on the podcast. The first of many. All right. Andrew Golem, one zero 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 zero. So now, Jonah, you know. There you go. Jonah, you know. You need to raise your hand. We clearly demonstrated that when I called on Charlie. He did raise his hand. I just got the boil thing right now. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. All right, player number two. Clue number one, I'm a top scorer on a bottom-dwelling Big Ten team. Number two, I am a forward. Number three, I'm from North Wales, Pennsylvania. Oh. No, I'm not raising my hand. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. Omar Stevens. That's correct! Yes. And Pete ties up the scoring. And Andrew knew it, and he's, he seems to be a little upset. All right, we're on to player number three. Clue number one. I'm a towering big man for a Big Ten team. Clue number two. As a junior, my minutes have steadily increased each season I've played in college. What's Peter raises his hand. It's emotion. It's emotion. It's emotion. Number three. I am a center. John Teske. That's correct. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. John Teske back on the podcast. I had to bring him back. I was wondering if Andrew would that was, I was, I was, I was giving my guess for the first round. Peter gets a chance to touch. Peter does get a chance Also, to Andrew has an asterisk because the first one I really got. Okay, okay. Well, but everyone okay. is still in the game. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, still, I'll get this one right and we'll be fine. For the fourth one. So it was Office. John Teske for the fourth one. If anyone it. other than Peter gets it, Andrew, worth you two have points. to win. Yes. What? It's worth two points if yep. anyone other than Peter gets it. Because this is the hardest one, so. This is actually not the hardest one. But it is, so. <laughs> is this the fourth question or fifth question? Fourth four, question four, number four. four. Okay. Clue number one. Gotta be confident. I play for a team in my home state. Clue number two. I am a junior guard. Cassius Winston? That is correct! Oh, oh my Let's God! Go. Ladies and that's gentlemen, great. I think we have a winner. Wait a minute, wait a minute! We have a winner! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. How did you know that so quickly? I, I, I had my, I've had Cassius Winston in my mind like this whole time. I, <laughs> right. I, I had a feeling it was coming. Wow, that is a, a, a three-point win. Do you have anything to say for yourself? It's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. My granddad, my granddad, if you're listening, you always just tell me that. 
I don't know. The looks that they're giving each other, there was some collusion here. Like, <laughs> I mean, Joe, you classic Jonah coming in just trying to spark stuff. Hey, you, you're the one who... you took away my first point, and I said, okay, fine, I'll give it to you. I got two more points. A dub's a dub. I don't accept it. A dub's a dub. I don't accept it. Well, that's a good point. I'd love to hear more good points, but it's 5.58 right now, and the news remote is at 6. So, like, we literally, like, barred the doors to make this podcast happen. We hope it was worth it for you guys at home. Follow us on Twitter at the Daily Annual underscore sports. Follow us all on Twitter. Just Google our names. This has been the Daily Bounce, and see you guys next week.